Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The Titanic has been used for many analogies over the years. In today's update, Pastor J.D. compares our world today to the doomed ship. He encourages you to release your tight grip because this world is passing away. It won't hold together forever, so look up and put your hope in Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 23rd, 2020. We have before us the greatest and the grandest of opportunities to move everyone every day closer to Jesus. There's no pressure. You may just be that one that God has put in that person's path to just water a seed that's already been planted. If God gives you the profound privilege of harvesting that which has already been planted and watered. But this opportunity that we have right now, today, because of this, is the likes of which we've never seen before, and the likes of which we'll never see again. However, This window of opportunity to get as many people to Jesus as we possibly can gets smaller and smaller with each passing day. Would you agree? In John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus is speaking, and He says, Do you not say, don't you have this saying, There are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Apparently this was a saying in that day. Still four more months, and then the harvest. Isn't that how you say it? Isn't that the saying that you have? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest now, not four months from now. Oh my goodness, think about this. Four months from now, September, October, November, December. You know, they have the countdown for the elections. How do you know we're even going to have elections? James says, be very careful. When you say, hey, tomorrow (laughs) we're going to go into such and such a city and and do business there and make a profit there, for you do not even know, (laughs) because your life is but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. Here's what you should say, if the Lord wills it. You know, (sighs) 
I have to confess that I'm, I'm struggling. I, for those of you who know me, you know that I'm open. Sometimes I know it's uncomfortable for people how transparent and you know, even honest I am with my own struggles, but this is a struggle for me. Because there's this, I'm going to use the word narrative, for lack of a better word, that goes something like this. Just wait until the elections, and if Trump gets elected, everything's going to be okay. Hmm. You know what you're saying when you say that? You're saying that your hope is in a man, and your hope is still in this world. And what I want to submit to you is, and just bear with me please, I'm just going to share my heart with you. This ship is sinking and fast. I'll use the comparison with the Titanic. We need to get as many people into the lifeboat of salvation in Christ as we can before it's too late. Because this world is passing away. And the things of this world. And it's time to let go. You know, I, I share often about our daughter Noelle. And we were told when she was born that she would have a 10% chance of making it to her first birthday, a 50% chance of surviving the birth, which she did, by the grace of God. We took her home, and we didn't know when. We didn't know the day or the hour, if you will. And I always, at that time, was sort of questioning the Lord why it would have been, it would seem, that it would have been so much easier if you would have just taken her from the womb, as we had uh, th- three times prior, had babies that we uh, lost in the womb that are in heaven. It would have been so much easier. But if she's born and she survives the birth and she's going to die, that means we're going to take her home, we're going to bond with her, love on her, and then she's going to be gone. That, that is, I can't even wrap my mind around that kind of pain. All these years later, I look back on that, and I see the grace and mercy of God, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Had we not had her for the short time that we had her before she died, it would not have really closed or brought closure to the experience of, yes, bonding with her, but then letting go of her. That was a process. It was a painful process. So that when she took her last breath, and then took her first breath with Jesus, we were then able, we were better prepared, because we had already let go. Do you see where I'm going with this? The same thing is true of this world. It's dying. Let go of it. Let go. I have, as a pastor, been at the bedside of many a dying man and woman with loved ones surrounding them. And they were just hanging on. I remember one 
uh, brother in Christ as if it was yesterday. His wife, who wasn't saved, was there with him. And he wasn't lucid. In the final stages, cancer had just eaten him completely. Just a matter of time. And I sensed from the Holy Spirit that he was holding on until she came to Christ. And he wouldn't die until she got saved. And then, we're talking about stepping out in faith, I'm like, um, I think I know what's going on here. Because she was even kind of like, one, she was trying to, you know, say, it's okay, you know, it's okay, you can go, you can go. And he wasn't going. And so it was like, I think I know why he's not going. It's because he won't go until you're right with the Lord. And with tears streaming down her face, she comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ all of these years later, walking with the Lord, on fire for the Lord. And it was within less than a minute after she had given her life to Christ and prayed, he opens his eyes as lucid as lucid could be and says, and they said it could never happen. And then he went to be with the Lord. Is that just chicken skin or what? Well, I think it's a lot like that with this world. That window of opportunity is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I don't think it's a a thing of, hey, let's try to make America great again, or keep America great, or whatever you want to say, with all due respect. I don't think it's a matter of, hey, we can come back stronger. Hey, we're in this all together. I think it's this. I think it's, we're going down. We're going down. You don't have to go down. You can go up before it goes down. Proverbs 11.30, we're almost done. I appreciate your patience. says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Why? Because as one famously said, soon one life will be passed, but only that which was done for Christ will last. You know, the people we take with us, the people that we had an impact on for Jesus Christ, that's all we take with us. The treasures we laid up in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy, as Jesus says in Matthew 6. I guess what I'm saying, and maybe I could have said it in a better way, and certainly in a faster way, That's a gift. I can say something that should only take maybe one sentence. I can take an hour and uh, expound on it. But here's what I'm trying to say. We need to get people to Jesus as quickly as we possibly can. 
before it's too late. There's no hope in this world anymore. There's no hope in this nation. Is your hope in this nation? Is your hope in this world? One last thing on this. And, uh, you know, over the years I have bought in to this notion that if we just get our man elected in office, then everything's going to be okay. I voted for George W. Bush. Abortion never stopped. I mean, they're, oh, they're pro-life. Okay, let's vote, vote for them then. I almost wonder if this is not God's way of saying, like with Israel, who demanded a king like all the other nations. And Samuel was devastated. And God says to him, Samuel, listen, don't take this personally. <laughs> they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Yeah, but they want a king to rule over them like all the other nations. They don't want you. They want a king, a man. And it's like God saying, okay. And he gave him Saul. You know how that ended. You know that saying, be careful what you pray for. Well, I want to end with the gospel and the ABCs of salvation. The gospel is first mentioned in the context of the rapture to the Thessalonian church, which we just got done studying through. But it's also in 1 Corinthians 15, and it's that Jesus came, He was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the gospel, which means good news, and that is good news. I want to do the ABCs of salvation, but before we do that, I want to share an email we received a couple weeks ago from an online member. Good evening. I watch your prophecy updates and sermons every week and have learned so much. I currently work as a security guard at a resort and am in charge of the seven pools on the property. Needless to say, we are not liked too much by the guests. Today at work, I was led by the Holy Spirit to go inside and start looking on the bookshelf and happened to come across a King James Bible. I was led by the Spirit to stand outside. Not even a minute later, a man came walking by. I asked him how he was doing and where he was vacationing from. He was from California. He sat down on my steps of the guard shack and told me he wanted to just sit back and vent about his girlfriend, his money problems, and his life for a moment. He told me about him being in gangs in California and even doing time in prison for armed robbery and assault crimes. He let me know how bad things were for him for about 30 minutes. Finally, I found an opportunity to ask him if he knows the Lord. He stated he would like to know more about him than what he has heard on TV. To give you a picture, I am five feet five inches tall on a good day and small. Why am I working security? Only the Lord knows, I guess, lol. However, he is a big black guy. I told him, 
I do not give politically correct answers to questions about the Lord. I wanted to break the race barrier down fast and in a hurry. Immediately, I told him, no true Christian should align their lives with Black Lives Matter, and that it was only a demonic agenda to cause panic and division among people. And I also informed him on the pairing of the LGBTQ movement, and that those movements were demonic in nature and benefit him none. After talking scripture to this point, at about hour number two, I asked him if he wanted to give his life to the Lord. And amazingly, he said yes. I used the ABCs of salvation, and then we talked through it. Mind you, I am in charge of the pools. Something told me to ask him, would you like to get baptized? (laughs) How cool is this? He said, I do. I went to the pool, and he changed clothes. I was so excited. I just left my uniform on. And we got in, read a few scriptures in the book of John. He was baptized and became emotional. I stayed after work, still soaking wet, ministering to him on being a new believer. He then asked me to take him to the store to buy a pack of Newport cigarettes. And he asked me if it was a sin to smoke and read the Bible. And I told him a joke I heard on one of your videos. My fault. I said, no, smoking and reading the Bible is not a sin, but it will definitely make you meet Jesus quicker. (laughs) Which is cool because you're saved now and you've been baptized. So (laughs) it was the most amazing experience I have ever had. Listen to this besides becoming a believer myself. God bless your ministry. Continue to fight the good fight. Listen, I want to, in doing the ABCs of salvation, just if you'll give me a couple more minutes, I want to take a little bit of a different approach, because I don't ever want you to think that this is something we have to do. This is a way that it works, but it's not works because we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. It's the gift of God. So I guess you could say it like this. When somebody gets saved, this is how it went down. Think about the thief on the cross, as we affectionately refer to him. All three of these components, if you will, were present the acknowledging of his sinful condition and his need for the Savior, his believing that Jesus, being crucified next to him, was the Savior, and then the asking, the calling. And Jesus' response was, Truly, truly, I say unto you, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's the ABCs. It's, It's not something he had to do. That's just what happened. That's how it happened. That's the A. The A is for acknowledge or admit that you sinned, that you need the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 tells us that 
The wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. But the gift, notice the contrast between wages and gift. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He paid for that gift that He gives to you. He paid in full and purchased you and me. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead. That's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C, lastly, is for call or confess. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans 10, 13, and I'm smiling because I love this verse, I love this verse, I love this verse. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're watching online, maybe you're here today in this service, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, acknowledging Him, putting your trust in Him for the forgiveness of sin, I implore you, I plead with you. Today is the day of salvation. Seek Him while He may still be found, because there is coming a day sooner than I think any of us could possibly imagine when that trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And all of our loved ones that died in Christ prior, that's the bodily resurrection when they're given their new bodies. And they're going to rise first, the bodily resurrection, and we're going to meet them with the Lord in the air. As Paul would say, encourage one another with these words. Lord, Thank you so much. Thank you that you are our only hope. Thank you for disenfranchising us from this world so that we become disenchanted with this world and the things of this world because were it not for that, we would not look to you, call upon you, lift up our heads and look up, knowing that our redemption draws near. Lord, thank you. If there's anybody watching this online or here in this church that's never called upon you, I pray that today they would make the most important decision of their life for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special Mideast Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. 
We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.